hear, hear, hear. Hit the acapella. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it. Action. <laughs> welcome. All right, welcome. Here for the health of it. Uh, we have Sam Jardine, and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. We have, oh, actually, I'll start with this. He is a professional hockey player, and one of the things that we want to do is interview high performers and then ask them about some of their health experiences, some of their stories. I know he's got a some sort of sauna story that he's been leading up to, uh, so we're going to hear all about that. And for, I guess, how many, how many years, maybe walk us through from the time you were 16, you were a six-round draft pick with the Chicago Blackhawks, and went to Ohio State, played hockey there, and then you've been in some different professional leagues. Now you're in Britain, mm-hmm. Wales, Britain. Yep, yep. Wales. Yep. yep. And and tell us me tell us maybe a little bit about that journey and what your health, um, you know, what your health focus has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, my hockey career has been a, a roller coaster. Uh, the professional career. Um, Growing up, I was rooted in Central Alberta, uh, Lacombe Minor Hockey Association, onto AAA and Red Deer, juniors and Camrose, to collegiate in Ohio State. All was looking really well. Drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks, like you said, and uh, and then my rookie season was up and down between two teams. Next year, same thing, two new teams. I think in my first four years, I played for eight teams, but I was never traded. Um, you know, uh, teammates enjoyed, enjoyed me. Coaches liked me. It was, it was positive reviews, <laughs> positive <laughs> reviews all around. <laughs> and, uh, so at times it was frustrating. Um, I you were the hype guy. Yeah. 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 I was a locker room presence oh. and, um, some fantastic memories, great experiences. I get to sit around with you guys and, and, and tell these stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have stuck it out at the same team for, Four years how boring is that i suppose but yeah i've been uh i went from started the the training camp in chicago sent down to rockford sent down to indy next year was with san antonio and colorado we won a championship there in the echl next year was with toronto and orlando got called up to black ace and won a calder cup championship there Following season stayed with Toronto, but our affiliate changed to Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, got sent down by Toronto to St. John's for their playoff run, and we won a Kelly Cup. And uh, after the eight teams in four years, I was looking for a little more stability and went off to Europe where they only have the one team, and it's they either have to fire you or you're there for the whole season. And uh, so I enjoyed being a part of a group of guys for the entire Stability. season. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When, uh, I'm curious, like, when did you know you were going to devote your life to hockey? Like, instead of, uh-huh. you know, when you're young and you kind of think everybody at least think, thinks they're going to be a pro player. Yeah. But you making that transition and actually becoming one. Yeah. There was two moments. Uh, both of them are actually, they're sort of embarrassing stories. They're, they're perfect stories. <laughs> they're stories about failure. Um, there's a Bantam draft when you're 14 years old, you play Bantam AAA or lower. Uh, guys have got drafted out of lower leagues as well. And um, I got passed up and I thought, 
you know, my older brother got drafted. I I thought that was just, it's something you got to do. Right. Or at that age, you put a lot of uh, priority on getting drafted. I got passed up. That was, um, I guess, a blow to the ego, whatever you kind of sure. got at 14 years old. And I guess at that age, you're like, you're still kind of in this illusion that you're going straight to the NHL. Right. Um, so there was, there was that moment. And then a couple weekends later, I had a breakaway in a three-on-three inline tournament. This thing was pretty much just drop-in. And uh, I missed that breakaway, but somebody tomahawked me from behind in the process. Which really hurt. Which explain when really he says tomahawk, what do you what do you, what do you picture happening? I don't even know what he meant when he said <laughs> <So> inline tournament. <laughs> Tell me more about breakaway. that. So explain breakaway, I'm inline in, tournament, and tomahawk. I'm in all alone, and the game the game is on the line. It's like the it's like the storybook ending. We're down a goal. I've got a breakaway with like four seconds left, and a guy's chasing me from behind, and he's a goon, and he winds up from behind. And takes a nice little lumberjack chop yeah. at my wrist. And I didn't score, but he got called for a penalty. And so I got to have a penalty shot. So it's just me versus the goalie. Now there's no back checker. Time runs out. Time ran out, but I so still get you. my penalty wow. shot. This is like the exactly the Hollywood ending. Like tie the game. Let's put this this baby in overtime. Mm-hmm. And we were undefeated in that tournament. I just remember this vividly. And uh I missed that shot. And for some reason, it was like the draft and some, you know, like things were bubbling up and just cried the whole way home. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, let's go. And I mean, so his his memory of uh, of that event would probably be like, yeah, that was the day that my son almost wasn't my son anymore. <laughs> when he but, found out you were but for me for me i went home and was like i'm i'm just sick of sucking like i'm i'm gonna figure i'm gonna figure this out and i don't want to feel like this anymore i want to be a winner and uh and and the next year my ice hockey season i, I made goals i wrote my goals down and uh, I killed it. Yeah. And kind of took off from there. So. Did you change anything just performance-wise? Like, did you do anything diet or health-related during that transition mm-hmm. where you started realizing, like, hey, I, I, I got what it takes. I want to win. Mm-hmm. What sort of things did you do to just get you ready for that next level? Um, yeah. Uh, diet was an easy one um, just because my mom – is growing up was so good with that stuff we had a big garden and uh thankfully you know she didn't have a full-time job so i had unbelievable meals growing up um so that's all my diet's always been dialed yeah um and i can't really function actually if i kind of drift off into it into a crappy diet i feel it almost feel it yeah um but yeah around that age 14 years old i started a workout program with my older brother um, nothing crazy. I think at most everything was body weight, cardiovascular. Um, but I, it, you know, I don't know how much it really transformed my body, but I, I could just feel my confidence and my mentality mm-hmm. that those were the sorts of things that were shifting. And I went into that next season, my 15 year old season with a lot to prove. And, um, 
part of me feels like I was smarter back then than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> to be That's honest, like, fifteen-year-old <laughs> Sam inspires me. I've kind of like lost that a little bit. <laughs> what? So what's the? I, I remember when we were when I was started taking care of some Olympic athletes. They would tell me what they were eating, and it was so disgusting. So I'm curious. All your years, all your teammates. What's the most disgusting meal you've ever seen a high performer put in their body? Oh, man. I got to play. You don't have to use their name either. But you can if you want. He's going to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of dragged me. To be honest, he dragged me into a little routine with him. But um, I got to play with this living legend last year in Cardiff. His name's Steven Dixon. Uh, Some call him the wolf man. Uh, hair down here, uh, centerman, just wavy locks out there, taking every important face off all game long. But, uh, beard, oh, yeah, big, not even beard, chest hair, big beard, good chest chest hair, flowing chest hair, yeah, the wolfman Steven Dixon or Dicko, but, um, yeah, humble guy, but, um. He would just crush Don's. McDonald's wins his goal. Don's. Uh, <laughs> Heard that one. And, yeah. And, uh, and and him and I started to you know kind of vibe a little bit. And uh, so what we would do is we had this uh, usually play Saturday night, Sunday night. Um, most of the time we we'd go out have a good time Sunday night, a little steam off, and then we would. Um, retract that with a good you know off day monday but we would hit the sauna a nice evening sauna feeling really good about yourself getting ready to go for uh tuesday morning practice and you're like george yeah you want to go get a little dawn's run in this before bedtime (laughs) so next thing you know you're like hour-long sauna social turns into an hour and a half more conversation at dawn's i mean i wouldn't trade those uh conversations for the world but maybe we can pick a different restaurant next season (laughs) that's great now you and so but growing up you've been under chiropractic care for how long uh my entire life since since you were a bit born wow yeah yeah so that's unique do you meet a lot of guys that that you uh are now around that that get adjustments or Mm -hmm. do anything unique in the performance yeah well to be honest, so those those years where I was bouncing around, um, I, I had lingering lower back, lingering groin, lingering hip flexor. I was dealing with some stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, also in college, I uh, lacerated my uh, my forearm and cut some tendons. And so those tendons, they had to kind of be woven back together. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, my range of motion isn't good. It, I get jammed up real quick. Yeah. Defensively, if I'm... Anytime I push a guy, like I, I feel it and I didn't have, well, I did, but I should have been right on top of my chiropractic resource. Right. Um, it wasn't provided by the team, but I had it uh, provided through my um, players association yeah. insurance. Um, rookie move, honestly, rookie move. And uh, went to Cardiff this year and our guy, was on top of it from the get-go uh, i think we obviously extremely long flight mm-hmm. and so our coach and gm they're fantastic they're always thinking about like how to treat the boys and whatever right and so they had 
him waiting. We had just finished our flight and he's there. And so you see the locker room and they're like, probably a little messed up after your flight. Like it's time for you to meet Urge. And me and Urge now have like, like he, he really changed my career. My like, I find the most important thing as a hockey player is healthy hips. And it's kind of a, it's a joke in our family. Um, Cause I've passed this little routine that I do Sam's happy hips. <laughs> and so, so I passed this routine on to my mom. Yeah. She, He's going to show us what that yeah, looks yeah, like, right? Yeah. You're going to clarify. Yeah. You know, it's really helped her. She's a big long distance runner. Um, we've been working with her on some stuff. Um, uh, Kayla Jean, I believe, uh, has has benefited a little bit from it as well, but um, yeah, have an urge there for consistent treatment. Like I think it was mostly every Wednesday and before every home game. So yeah, it was, it was a game changer. Nice, so incredible. Nice. So what's the healthy hips move? Can we see a can we you see know, a move? It's a uh, it's well. What's your favorite move? Well, yeah, it's the um, <laughs> happy hips. <laughs> It's the uh, where you're laying down on your side and you're raising your. Uh, it's uh, oh, still not sure if I'm getting the visual. These are my legs Can right now. The Maybe if it was just my fingers. That makes that makes more yeah. sense. These are my these are the happy hips right. right here. You know, clamshells. I know that's what it's called. Adductors and abductors. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so working on those, I had to strengthen. I was um, had a skating coach tell me that I was a quad driver, uh, which makes sense um, because that's like a huge portion of my training that I do. What I think happened was there was this huge imbalance between the power of my quads and my glutes and hamstrings. Yeah, glutes, hamstrings. Yeah, and I I would start to feel that in my hip flexors. Randy always told me that my uh, hips were off and that was contributing to it as well. And then you get to the point where it's like no amount of warming up seems to be helping. If anything, it makes it like kind of worse. And uh, it it takes the fun away from the game when you're playing hurt or injured. Like it's just like another day on the ice where you're just straining yourself and you're, and as a defenseman, you're like, you're getting roasted at least as a goal scorer it's like okay maybe i find my pockets and get open yeah. and i can use you be cerebral uh that way wait what was that yeah you have to find cerebral cerebral find your pockets yeah i got yeah. that okay but as a defenseman <laughs> i mean you're relying on your physicality and my and my strength comes from Happy hips. Explosive happy hips. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so from a skating standpoint, at what point in your life did you learn how to turn right? Mm. I mean, it's got to be probably the same year that I just learned, which is a good story in itself. My grandfather would uh, actually, Randy worked for him out at the pig barn Mm -hmm. in the cold Canadian winters. Mm. He would flood uh, a little rink. And there's pictures of me. That's where I learned how to skate. So, nice. Yeah. 
three years old. Yeah, so he learned how to turn right at three. <laughs> I still <laughs> cannot and turn right. Skate back, skate backwards is three and a half years old. <laughs> I mean, the rink just goes left. Ricky Bobby on the track. Public skating. He's only done public skating. You just go That's the same it. circle backwards. Uh, don't even think about it. Incredible. Yeah. Um. So I was always curious about this. When did you realize America was just more dominant? In sports <laughs> than Canada's, <laughs> particularly uh, hockey. Oh, there's no good answer to that. <laughs> I mean, I grew up watching the 19, like, highlights of the 1972 Summit Series, so I was brainwashed to think Canada dominated. And then I grew up and critically thought for myself, and now I still think Canada dominated. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, came close a couple of years in the Olympics, though. There's some great gold Listen, medal matches. We're getting Canada better. USA. We're getting better. I think the boys are going back to the Olympics, too, the NHLers. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. Yeah. Missed it last uh, last go. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So, so let's hear the sauna. I, I kind of prepped you before this mm-hmm. that you're a big fan of the sauna. Everywhere you go, you travel, you find a sauna. Mm-hmm. And I said there has to be some weird experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, first, maybe why why do you like about the sauna? Why do you do it? And then yeah. dive into maybe if you've had some weird experiences. Yeah, with, was, with who's your friend Don? Kyle. It's Kyle. Kyle. Any chance that I can get to bring up Kyle in a story, I have to. The, <laughs> uh, I call him the boss uh, yeah. because he loves Bruce Springsteen, and I've never seen Bruce Springsteen live. Apparently, he's electric. But I mean, he is. I think, <laughs> he is. I think ranks, verify that. Yeah, I think ranks like he would bring energy. He should have, you know, he played professional hockey. Um, anyways, I'm getting off the point. Yeah. We'll invite him onto our podcast one yeah, day, and you exactly. can tell us about it. I think him and I on a podcast together, getting interviewed, would be a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, it was like a sort of like a lifestyle conversion when I met him. This guy, he would just like funny about everything uh always on like 110 percent just the type of guy that you just love being around Mm -hmm. love being around and i had just had another one of my setbacks i was in toronto this unbelievable organization i thought i had put it all together my third year of pro hockey now is the time to break through nhl dreams sent down to orlando and i go down with my you know, dragging my tail between my legs a little bit. And there's mm-hmm. Ranks, my, he's my stall partner. And he gets to know me. Maybe explain his stall partner. Stall partner yeah. in the stall locker partner. room. Stally. Okay. Call him Stally. Uh, in the locker room, we get, we just get dressed beside each other. And so you're, you're forced to interact with this guy yeah. all the time. I mean, it was just fate that it was that, you know, one of my best buddies now, uh, we're paired up like that. Anyways, got to know him real quickly. Our routine started to look a lot like this. Uh, practice. We're in Orlando, Florida. So mm-hmm. beautiful weather all year round. Yeah. Um, and I had kind of stumbled upon this realization that I was taking myself way too seriously. Um, t- and taking, like I did when I was 14 years old, I was taking my failures very personally. Mm. It was affecting... Um, my, my 
profession. I, I would go down a level where I was supposed to dominate. Right. I was just be average. Um, wasn't having a lot of fun doing what I had dreamed to do my entire life. Right. You know, so I needed a little bit of an attitude change. And, and so our routine with ranks would look a lot like this. We'd practice, practice hard always. Um, and then grab some lunch and go sit by the pool and nine times out of 10, there would be, you know, six or 12 pack of beers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to say. He didn't know what direction I didn't know. And so we would sit by the pool. We'd play Bruce Springsteen most, <laughs> most times. And Ranks would get his karaoke voice going. And, uh, you know, we would do that until, I don't know, dinner time. Go back to our apartments, grab some grub, grill out. And then we would head over to the sauna, which was my favorite part. Mm -hmm. So after the day in the sun and a good meal and good music, we'd cap it off with like an hour long sauna. And by nine o'clock, you're completely zonked, ready for a good night's sleep, wake up, do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And I started to just love life. Yeah. So living in the southeast, I just having fun. Yeah, it's good. back in the southeastern air, it reminds me of very good times. And uh, I mean, all jokes aside, like I don't know, there's something about that song. It's just a reset. Thoughts, like good, good vibes, wow. come to me. Like plans, dreams, visions. Um, it's where I do my best thinking. I know some people. Uh, I've heard that happens when they're running. Mm -hmm. I personally. Not a huge fan of ru uh, running just because you gotta keep these hips. You know? <laughs> keep the happy hips, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, the way sauna. too much eye contact there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the sauna. So this this past summer, and then and then we got a, a sauna crew going in Cardiff. Um, made sure about that. Actually, in Toronto, I had a steam room right in the hotel. Not as good, but it it'll work. Does the trick. Yeah, and then this past summer, I uh, I bought one for. Uh, my parents place nice so, pretty pumped about it yeah not good well I, so you've experienced probably like the steam saunas and have you have you done any of the infrared saunas the infrared's the one that i bought yep yes yeah. uh but i've done listen i'm sonic experts <laughs> anything with you there was a spot in toronto actually called the russian spa yeah oh man they got all sorts of saunas in there <laughs> <laughs> a little cold dip after right. or they got the thing mm -hmm. uh, they got the rope you ever seen this you pull the rope down this bucket of ice cold water just comes no all out yeah. yeah. it's a yeah, shock never, to the system yeah. it's fantastic yeah so, some of the best I've ever felt is after doing sauna ice bath yeah. sauna ice bath sauna ice bath you have mm -hmm. to do it three or four times it's uh, yeah it's an absolute yeah. game changer yeah yeah so what's next? You're you're in uh, Europe. Yeah. And what do you see the next year to five years looking like for you? Well, I started to really enjoy the game again. Uh, I had a ton of fun this mm -hmm. last year. I think it's all uh, it's it's like an, in an intentional decision for mm -hmm. me, honestly. Like to just try and have as much fun with it. And then I'm starting to find out that like I play way better, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting, you know, and as far as uh, NHL dreams go, it's like, yeah, if I just keep getting better and keep getting better, like I was pretty close. Mm -hmm. um, and I still just, I continue to find these things out about myself. You're, 
in the in the hockey world, it's moving towards these younger guys. Um, it's it's partially because of salary reasons that sort of deal, but um, there's also a lot of defensemen that peak like after they turn 30, 26 right. right now. Right. And so I'm still as motivated as I've ever been to uh, see where I can go with my career. Nice. Uh, I think it's a fantastic lifestyle because it, it provides me a lot of free time to explore my other interests, mm-hmm. um, which I'm actually, you know, growing very passionate about a number of different things now. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I, the pressure's off sort of a little bit now, uh, especially when I went over to Europe, started to have a ton of fun with the game. I think it rubbed off on like my teammates, yeah. and, like, my coaches. I, I found guys just trusted me more, sure. um, you know, and, and were uh, including me more on, on team, team things. Um, and it, I mean, as you put in the years and you build up experience, then you're relied on more as a leader. And I think that's an interesting uh, little addition to your career yeah. as well. Now there's going to be some younger guys that um, can learn a thing or two from all the mistakes I've made. And what's the, the age range that you're like, that's your current team, mm-hmm. youngest to oldest? Yeah, youngest guy would be 21, I think, on our team last year. Yeah. We had a, a very old team for professional hockey standards. I was the sec- most games would have been the second youngest mm-hmm. at 26. In North America, when I was playing for Newfoundland, my the last team I played for in North America, um, I would have been one of the older players. Yeah, because it's like a development league. Right, right. And now when you go to Europe, it's like it's just big business. Like we're here to win. And yeah, if you can play, and if you can play. If you don't, then you don't. So what's the, I, I would always hear about old man strength and I stopped playing hockey before I ever got to experience that. But now that you're 26, if you had to look back at an 18 year old and look at a 30, let's say a 34 year old yeah. and you, you're both going to collide or you're both going to yeah. fight or whatever you're going to do. Uh-huh. What's, what's your take on what, yeah. what I guess would be considered old, old man strength at maybe 35? Man, I think it's, uh. To be honest, I know that that's the term old man strength. And I know immediately when you say something like that, you think physically, physicality. Uh, I think it's the mental edge, though. I think it's that hockey such a quick game. I think it's that extra half second of preparation before the big hit. I think it's numerous times being in that situation. Um, and a little bit of a just a like a comfort comfort level to engage in those battles a little bit, like yeah, confidence level, yeah. um, because they've probably had their fair share of failures. They've learned from it. Now they know. For me, I would watch, I'd be, I would kill fitness tests uh, at the NHL level. I would go into, at Toronto Maple Leafs, we had a fitness test. We had a test where we would increase the elevation of a treadmill every three minutes and increase the speed. Most guys, if they got around 18 minutes, that was fantastic. My first year, I won with 20 minutes, 13 seconds, and that was best in the entire camp. Of all the NHL players, everybody. And that sort of like, that sort of set the scene. It was a good thing for me. The second year back, I broke that record by like a minute and a half. And there was no, there. I think there might have been one or two guys that even broke 20. Hmm. 
So as far as like the physicality, like I had that, I was putting in the work in the weight room. I was working hard, but I don't think that I worked as smart as I should have. And when I would look at the veterans and some of these guys, I mean, they got, they got like bellies or, you know, like, like you look at them and like that, that guy makes $4.5 million in the NHL. It's like, that, that looks right. like my dad in <laughs> barbecue, you know, and I'm over, yeah. you know, and you're over here killing it in the gym. It's like, this guy knows rest is a weapon. Yeah. Um, positioning is a huge part of his game and like the game is easier for him because he's just got all this knowledge built up yeah and probably happy hips happy gotta have happy hips what what would you rate take away if you had to guess tom's old man strength (laughs) one to ten where would you where would you estimate his strength? How much? How much? No, let's put it on the bench press. We gotta ask the bench press. How much bicep hair do you have? Am I none? Is, is, I got a little is that good or bad? Shoulder, shoulder, action? shoulder action. Yeah, I mean, I think you could rip out. You could rip out forty-five push-ups right now if the camera, if you did it on this table See? right now, forty-five yeah. push-ups with the pressure on. Mm-hmm. Could I bench more or less than 200 pounds? That's an important question. At uh-huh. I think if you could do it, yeah, I do. I do Smart. think you could do 200 pounds. That's a plate is 135 and a 25 is 185. Ooh. Two plates is 225. Okay. That's up there. That's It's difficult. I do think you could do it. Do you want to know why? <laughs> why? Big game performer. That's right. Come on, so That's right. I got introduced to Tom at the driving range before a golf match. It's like, yeah, he's probably like in our wheelhouse. Start off par five. He has a this not a great even, story. not even two foot eagle putt. That's right. Like who's true? Who invited the stick? Just letting the pipes loose. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, driver three wood that far, two feet apart with you better be able to bench press two hundred. That's right. That's true. That's what I do. So are we avoiding the old man strength question? One to ten? Oh. How much how much old man strength does he have? Yeah. One would you strength? estimate? Me and you meet in an alley and you're sizing me up. <laughs> Uh, remember, I can only skate left too. Yeah, you can drive the ball far. But I can drive the ball far. Are you wearing your spread joy? Yes, yes. Factor that in. Seven point four. Oh, that's, that's high. high. That's a really great high score. That is a great score. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, good. Good to know. So, um, you had your you stick around Canada in the off season, right? For the this, most part, for the most part, this year is uh, because of circumstance. If there are two things that you would recommend to, like the twelve-year-olds that are that are kind of thinking, like, all right, I, I want to start putting in some energy over the summer. What sort of things do you would you have them do besides get their hips right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, you're twelve again. Take yeah. us back to your twelve. Just. Or you're watching your hero when you're 12 yeah, or that too. a pro athlete. You, I honestly think the key to success is like joy. Joy brings 
fulfillment mm-hmm. fulfillment brings more desire to learn and grow about it so i you got to have as much fun with it mm-hmm. as you possibly can mm-hmm. i've i've learned that about myself like i was sharing before i've learned that about teams yeah i've been incredibly fortunate to if not play an essential role on championship teams, observe it from far and, and really some of those types. So the, the Marley's team that I didn't play a game in the playoffs for, I just, it was just a class session every day. Right. I get to go in here and see, cause we knew, we knew we were winning before playoffs even started. There was never a doubt. Right. And uh, every championship team that I've been on, is marked by a high competitive drive, which is on most teams. Right. But a bond between guys that is like rooted in just pure joy. Joy and love, yeah. 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 That's good. So, I mean, because the game, I mean, the the higher you go, the the tougher the game gets, the more things that are going to try and rip, rip the love of the game from you. Right. But, I mean, the game is... I always remember it in the purest form on the backyard rink with my cousins battling it out. But uh, at that point, probably three or four inches smaller, a hundred mm-hmm. pounds lighter. But I mean, that's hockey. Yeah. You know, it's not paychecks and bus rides. It's, it's the ponds. And uh, yeah, so you can't, you just gotta, you gotta stay rooted in, in just that pure love of the game. I yeah. It's good. What, what would you say is the competitive edge for you versus maybe someone else who had talent, had mm-hmm. drive, but they didn't quite make it. Sometimes it seems like yeah. it's not always the guy who you think is going to make it. It's uh-huh. the guy who, yeah. it feels like they get a break or it feels like they're For in the right sure. place at the right time. Because I, I played with some unbelievable, especially by my Red Deer Midget AAA teams. Um, only one other player went on to play pro. And, and he's done now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a, a, certainly a good deal of circumstance and luck. Uh, that certainly plays timing, um, that sort of deal. Um, but there is also a grit factor, a resilience factor. Mm-hmm. And I hate to like put myself in the shoes of somebody else that didn't make it and say that it was because they didn't want it enough. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think that's necessarily true, but my drive and desire and what I sacrificed along the way, I mean, I've said a couple of times to other people that are and sort of, you know, younger than me embark trying to embark down the same way. It's like, are you sure? You know, cause mm-hmm. it's not all right. It's not all peaches, rainbows, you know, like I've, I've spent many, a day away from my family, important events that you have to miss. There's a, a, a great deal of sacrifice. There's a great deal of mental turmoil that I mm-hmm. had to endure. Um, it's not that those other guys wouldn't have done that, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, certainly resilience and grit is just that stick yep. it out of yep, right. And... Um, yeah, just always pulling up your bootstraps and things look bleak. I, I think you just got to find something to, to keep you going. So Good. I think one, one of my final questions 
that I think everybody wants to know is how many fake teeth do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Just these two. Okay. And uh, it actually made my smile better. better. Nice. Yeah, because I used to have a big gap between my teeth. <laughs> they could tighten it up. Yeah, yeah. You'll like this. So, I mean, I know you don't know the term cross-check. No. <laughs> so you take your hockey stick and... I don't even know what other kind of violent form you could ever use. It's just a, it's just like purely a hockey and lacrosse thing. I was just skating back to the bench, minding my own business, and this guy just came with his stick and it was straight to the teeth. Oh, yeah, it was bad. front two teeth. Yeah, front two teeth. It was, oh. I was lucky it wasn't more, to be honest, but that's the way it goes. Did you stop playing in that? In that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually thankfully had a mouth guard in. Which, oh, nice. which I don't use, so uh, that I pulled that out and it was full of blood and the two teeth oh, in the mouth. Oh. And I just handed it to the trainer, and thankfully, like it was just like kind of a cut in my top lip. It wasn't pouring. Yeah. And uh, right back out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it just is. Playoff oh, hockey, Okie Cokes Oilers. Yeah. It's great. All right. Well, you have anything else you want to add? Any, any, um, maybe let's, let's end with this. Yeah. Like your final piece of advice that you would give to someone who is saying, I want to be an elite athlete, no matter what the sport is, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them they need to do? Oh, uh, enjoy it. Uh, embrace the, embrace the relationships that the the people that you're going to meet along the way that's one of the huge things that really keeps me going every you know every year comes with a new team um and and new teammates new relationships to make i i just i I love the the people that you Mm -hmm. meet along the way and uh and then those relations they 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 keep on going i just was able to go to a wedding at a friend of mine that i met at ohio state i mean he's going to be one of my best friends for life and I can say that about, you know, at least one or two guys on every team that I've ever played for. And, uh, you know, those relationships drive you. You never know where they'll take you later on in life. You, you know, hockey's going to end, but, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have that bond with a lot of, a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, I suppose just have as much fun with it and uh, treat everyone properly the wrong way. You never know when you're meeting your next best buddy. That's so, right. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for for having us. Thanks for being on here with us. Yeah, you bet. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it.